0: everybody this is Steph the educator and this is the essential pedagogy podcast been a while I've been away for a little while but I'll talk about that later I just want to just reintroduce myself and uh, it's a weird name I know hi boss moves (laughs) how you doing um she always tunes in I just want to tell you about the name Essential Pedagogy. I chose this name because um, I originally chose Essential Education because I thought it was really um, uh, a really, you know, easy thing to remember, rolls off the tongue real easy, but it was already chosen. So I got Essential Pedagogy and what that means, pedagogy means to um, educate the science of educating the science and art of educating so um in case you guys didn't know which you probably don't only educators know this because we're tested on it right um i have been out for a couple of actually maybe a whole month i had a um, illness in my family and it was very dire and but thank god we have um miracles every day um We have miracles every day and we don't always recognize them, but nevertheless, they're miracles. And I just want to talk to you about some things that's been on my heart. don't have a guest today, but um, I want to talk to you guys about what we shouldn't let children do. It's a serious matter to me. And um, I'm just going to get real frank with uh, you guys. We should not let children make grown folk decisions. And what I mean by that is children don't have the foresight. They don't have the frontal lobe development. They don't have the experience, the past to learn from, to even make some decisions. I know we live in a society where we let people decide whether they are a woman or a man or a girl or a boy even. Um, People are making decisions younger and younger. But I'm here to tell you that some decisions are not for children. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Years ago, my I was born out of wedlock. My mother and father were high school sweethearts and after I was my mother well I was conceived, my mother's boyfriend's family did not allow um, them to be together anymore as far as what I know, okay and what was shared with me. And my mother eventually went on with her life and uh, eventually got married to a gentleman. And um, he was a nice, he is a nice, sweet man. But I believe I was like six years old when they presented a question to me of, do I want to be adopted by this man? And they went over some things that would happen if I was to be adopted. And one of the things they went over is that my last name would change. And I made the decision to keep my last name because I liked it. It sounded great. (laughs) But that was not necessarily the best decision. I don't know. I mean, I'm a good person now. Everything turned out well. I just feel like that was not a choice for a six-year-old to make. And I made the choice solely because I did not like his last name. Not because I knew I would need a covering later on in life. Not because I knew I needed a father. Not because I knew my mother was going to die. 10 years later nobody knew that but all these years and it's been 34 years since her death and me being parentless you know not until my stepfather who's not officially my stepfather right not until he was near his deathbed did I start thinking again, like, all these years I could have had what I thought I desired, you know, what I what I still desire, what burden I put on my uncle, which is my, my mother's uh, brother. I put the burden on him to be in my father, even though I know he didn't mind that. But it could have been my stepfather who loved and cared about me, who I uncovered when, you know, um, trying to help out my sister with all his affairs, that he talked about me like his own. He talked to the bankers about me. Everybody knew about me and what I was doing in my life, that I had businesses and things like that. And... I did not think of this man as my father. And I know that if the the adoption had gone through, that then that would have been a no-brainer, right? Not that this man was perfect. He was not. But I don't know how my life would have, um, I don't know why I'm crying, would have turned out, how it would have turned out differently whether I've had, Less bumps in the road if uh, he was more active in my life in that way. Nevertheless, I love and adore him and I care about him. And I'll do anything I can for my sister through a difficult time that we're going through. But that's not my point. My, My point is we shouldn't let children make grown folks' decisions. And this is one reason why I feel strongly about it. Because we don't know better as kids. Adults are supposed to. We're supposed to know better. And if my mother trusted this man enough to be married with him, to him being alone with her child, all this, then that adoption should have gone through and they shouldn't have asked me anything as a six-year-old. That's my opinion. But I'm going to give you some more examples. (laughs) Um, You know, in this world, we let children have choices of phones, who to share locations with, which that was a conversation that I was having with one of the producers of the show. um, And whether children should make the decision to allow other children to follow them and make sure they have their location and things like that which i feel like it could be a little dangerous in dating and things but not only that making decisions to um present themselves a certain way in the world um There are children, I don't know if if the general public knows this, but children who are wearing waist beads at the age of 11, um, wearing thong underwear as a sixth grader, um, making choices that could have ramifications for the rest of their lives not some of those simple choices, but the list can go on and on and on about some choices that we are allowing young people to make. And it brought my mind to think about why adults are letting children make choices and why we see so many mental illnesses, not just because of COVID, Not just because of um, some of the isolation that we've experienced during COVID, but I really believe, like we're seeing a a tremendous increase in numbers of ODD. Um, We're seeing a lot of um, disorders such as autism. So many social disorders, but I'm seeing a lot of odd. um, That's diagnosed, Uh, and and that's just not something that happened a lot in back in the day. And I know back in the day we didn't go to a whole lot of uh, Better Helps and all the other um, counseling. Um, opportunities that we have and social work opportunities that we have. But let me just tell you this. We are letting young people decide way too many things right now. ODD is um, oppositional defiant disorder. I am going to be oppositional no matter what you say. If you say yes, I'm going to say no and I'm going to argue my point down endlessly I'm going to not do what you tell me to do because you told me to do it. I don't want to sit down in this chair because I don't want to do it. And I have a disorder. And so that's my excuse for (laughs) being the way that I am. Now, truly, there are people who have ODD disorder and I'm not a doctor. I'm not highly trained in dealing with ODD children. Now I have experience because that is what I am up against in my job, but it is not my training. I'm not a social um, worker. I'm not, and I don't know how much social workers are trained in it. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. I do the best that I can in my classroom. Um, trying not to be confrontational trying to to but i am an authority figure in my class and i have to be but it made me think about why adults allow children to make decisions they should not make i think it's because we don't want to lead our children And I know it's been said a lot that people want to be their children's friend, but I think that not a lot of people believe that they've been doing a great job in leading their lives, and so they don't want to take responsibility to lead someone else's life. I think that they don't lead their children because it minimizes risk that they'd be blamed for whatever negative thing that happens. I think that we don't want blame um, or we don't. We feel comfortable the way things are. Um, We feel comfortable in just how our dysfunction is at home. So we feel like other people need to be comfortable with that dysfunction. We want to normalize our own dysfunction. But then when we get into a society where that is recognized as dysfunction, then people don't know how to respond. Case in point. If I ask a student to move their seat and to do their work right at that moment and they tell me why or I don't want to or what have you and I respond, well, I'm going to call your mom, their response to me probably shouldn't be, well, what is she going to do because I'm going over to my dad's house this weekend anyway. My response was, well, just let her know that's what you said. (laughs) And the response is so. So I take the challenge. I take the child in the hall. I call the mother on my cell phone and we have a chat. This is not I I don't call parents lightly. I really don't feel like I have a lot of time to call a lot of parents. So when I do, it is, I've been dealing with something for a long time. I try to tell parents um, from a perspective of they are not making your household look good. I try to take that stand. Because I, I don't choose to call kids bad or, you know, to their own parents and things like that. I just don't. Um, so I will say, you know, they're not making your household look good. I know you provide them with this, that, and the other. I see a nice phone in their pocket. And they are not making your household name look good in this world. What do you feel like you ought to do about that? And I just try to put it back in their hands. And sometimes when I hear conversations, I feel fearful of, for this uh, upcoming generation. But I really feel like miracles still happen. They still happen every day. What we need to come to grips with is we need to start taking responsibility and had a viewer talk about that. And the first thing we need to start taking responsibility is ourselves. Yes, I know that we've uh, made mistakes and sometimes all of our children weren't planned and that's all a part of God's plan, by the way. But we need to take time and make a decision to take responsibility for ourselves, make sure that we do the things that we need to do because we've been called to be parents and we've been called to lead children in the way they should go. Point blank. We can't leave it up to someone else so that we can blame someone else for whatever happens bad. (laughs) There's just no room for (laughs) that. Have to learn how to find discomfort and things that are dysfunctional. Yes, I know that if you've grown up in a shouting, disorganized um, household where no one uses an alarm clock and things like that, there are parent classes, there are classes on how to structure your life, tons of YouTube on how to get your life right, especially after the New Year's, tons of those kinds of content floating out there. We have got to, as adults, say, look, there is something wrong. I'm late to work every day. My kids are late to school every day. I keep getting calls from the school If you keep getting calls from the school year after year after year after year, it ain't just that teacher or those teachers. I'm just going to. Newsflash, it's not. (laughs) It is not. Who is at the center of all of this? You, parent, you are the center of this. You have to make a decision that I'm going to be disciplined. I had these children. Yes, I can't hang out. No, I can't be on my phone on social media, on dating apps, if I'm a single parent, if I'm not a single parent, we just can't hang out on Instagram all the time. I got to make a list to make for groceries. I have to get dinner out on the table a certain time because my children have to get to bed in a certain amount of time so they can be productive and the best student that they can be and you the best parent you could be in the morning by having enough rest all these things play a part we also have to make a commitment to eating right our health is our wealth and it plays a big part in our mind our body and our spirit so we need to nourish this with the proper things drinking water eating right things i just had a um Milestone birthday, and people can't believe I'm a certain age. Yes, I'm gonna tell you the age. <laughs> uh, I turned 50 years old in January, and although I see my age every day, look at these little lines here, and it's oof anyway and I see the gray popping out honey it's, i got lots of it um people say I don't look my age it's because i make it uh, I'm, i make decisions every day what to put in my body what's gonna make my body function better whether I like that thing or want to feel like eating that thing or not I do, And then when you make these choices in these decisions, things start tasting just a little bit better to you. Fast food is nasty now. I can't even digest it well, because a lot of it is not even real food. So what we put in our body, the decisions we make, we have to make a decision to be grown-ups. I know I don't feel my age, and I know a lot of 20 somethings and 30 somethings year uh, year olds out there that's teaching them, that is parenting the middle schoolers that I teach. They're just coming into their own. But you know what? Gig is up. You got to take responsibility. You got to do what you need to do for your children. You got to make decisions for them. They don't have a right to pick when they go to bed. They don't have the right to pick what they eat. They eat what's before them. So many people, my mother used to say this all the time, so many children in other countries don't have anything to eat. So when someone is hungry enough, they'll eat what you give them. Now, I know that some children have affinities to, um, they have uh, allergies and they may have a natural affinity to certain foods. You will know this early on usually in a child's life. But I'm telling you, parents, you have to take control of your children's lives. You do, because they are minor and they were given to you for a reason. You have to do it. You cannot be lazy about this. You have to do it. You have to do it. If you want your children to be better than you had it or what your life was before and every parent does no matter what background they came from they want their children to have a better life they want their children to have a better road. if you want that for your children then you take the responsibility to be the first to teach them the first to show them discipline you have to show them discipline you have to show them and you could do this without beating them. I'm not suggesting that you beat a child. I'm suggesting that they don't want to do what you tell them to do. You clear out the room of everything. And everything goes in your room or the trunk or whatever you got to do to lock it up until they can appreciate things that you do for them. You don't have to do that. They don't have to sleep in a the bed. They can sleep on the floor. Well, <laughs> But seriously, guys, we have to stop being afraid. I think we're fearful we're going to mess some things up, and I'm here to tell you, as an imperfect educator, I feared so much that I, looking back, you know, I was much more rigid than I am now as a teacher. uh, Back in the day. I was very strict. I, you know, made sure that their notebooks were certain way and they wrote certain things on certain side of the notebooks and things like that. But I will tell you, when I look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was too hard on them. When I look back at it and I see how many students that come back to me and said, you were the best thing that happened to me. I still study the way that you taught me to study. I still take notes the way you taught me to take notes. Till this day, and I'm in college, till this day, I'm working on my PhD, and I taught you in seventh grade. Children don't always know best. We have to guide them. You cannot depend on other adults to guide them. Yes, we can do our part and we can do, but they are looking at you as a guide. Children learn more from what you do than what you say. And if you're not getting up and you don't have your act together and you're not paying your bills on time, you're not doing these things, then they are learning the lesson directly from you. The characteristics I see in the classroom comes from the adults. It is hard and people are quitting Because we are not stepping up and being the adults that we should be. And it's time for us to leave fear behind and start making some decisions for our families, for our future. Because children are not equipped to make grown folk decisions. And that's all I'm here to say. Children are not. They're not. And you can disagree with me or not, but they are not equipped to make grown folks decisions they need us to guide them they need us to teach them they need their parents to be the first guide for them first and foremost and when they have doubts in their parents they'll doubt every adult in their life so we need you you adults to get it together somehow some way yes we may be sad yes we may be depressed You need to figure out how we're going to get help, not work out our depression and not work out our sadness and not work out our regrets and things that are not healthy for us. We got to read books. We got to normalize that. We got to normalize feeding our minds and our bodies what it needs, not the junk out there in the world. That's all I have to say. You're talking to Steph the Educator. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys later.